The topic is Malchus. We're finishing the Sfira Sa'imir series that we started. The topic is Malchus. So on Thursday morning last, which is the last time I had a class, I discussed the Midah of Malchus. And I explained to you that the Midah of Malchus is different than all the other Midas. Ultimately, the reason the Midah of Malchus is different than all the other Midas is because the Midah of Malchus is very rare. In other words, very, very few people experience the emotion of being a king. And of course, the emphasis is on the word feeling, emotion. Why do very few people experience the emotion of being a king? Because ein melach belayam. A person cannot awaken within himself midas haremimus. If a person feels higher than other people, it's gaiva. The, the true emotion of raimamus, of, and again, in English, the translation of the word is exaltedness, which is as meaningless as the Hebrew, is only possible when somebody else arouses it. The lashenas that I use in Hasidus are as follows. There is a helem sheyeshne b'mitzias, and there's a helem she'ene b'mitzias. Something which is hidden, but it exists in a form, the marshal for that is fire inside a coal, and all you have to do is blow on it, and the fire emerges. And the nimshal is, people have many emotions, like chesed, and gevuda, and netzach, and hoid. Even when they're hidden, they're close to being revealed, so a person could reveal them from himself. And then there's something called helem she'ene b'mitzias, and the marshal for that is a eish b'tzorach halomish, fire in a flint. As the only way to get it out is bahakoy, you have to smash it. Because blowing on it is not going to be enough because the heat, the lotion in Chesidus, that a chalomish has choim ktsas. A flintstone has a little drop of heat in the natural tendency of the stone itself. But unless you smash on it, if you don't mind closing the door, unless you smash on it, uh, you don't get the fire out. And the nimshal is that some emotions, some midas are so deeply hidden that in order to arouse them requires an incredible koyach. And Midas HaMalchus is called the Helem She'enib B'Metzias. The concept of Midas HaMalchus being a Helem She'enib B'Metzias means or is that you cannot arouse it from within yourself. You do not wake it up by yourself, in yourself, through yourself. You have to have an Am. Ein Melech B'loy Am. Others have to arouse Meluch. Consequently, as a practical matter, for most people, Malchus is not an emotion. Which is why in some places in Hasidus, they talk about Malchus, they simply say that Malchus is the Levushim. In other words, we're going to say that we have six Midas, Chesed, Givor, Tefers, Netzach, Haid, and Yisrael, and we're going to call Malchus action, or speech, or thought. But, in truth, Mitzat Shleimus HaNefesh, there is the Midas HaMalchus as well, the emotion of Malchus. So in the last class, we talked about the idea of the emotion of Malchus, which is Ramamus. And the weird thing about it is that the farther away from your subject, the more you feel them. Not the closer to your subject, the more you feel them. The farther away from your subject you are, the more you feel your subject. That's how it works. All inverse, it's backwards. There's only one limit. You can't be so far away from your subjects that you lose touch with your subjects. Because if you're so far away from your subjects that you lose touch with your subjects then they're not your subjects anymore. Ein melech belay am means that you want to be above your mekablim, but above in a relative way. So if you have a smaller peop- a nation, fewer people, you cannot be a big king. Because to be a big king, you need a lot of subjects. Because they make the maluch. 
Bereiv Am Hadras Melech. This is not just Chitzonius Dike Hadar, Chitzonius Dike Beauty. It's a Primis Dike Beauty. The, the, the authority of the king has to do with the Ramamus of the king, the exaltedness, the above the people of the king. And the more the people, the more the king. So the king who has more subjects is higher from his people, but higher in a way that he's still connected to his people. So he's more of a melech. Now, let's go to Sfira Sa'imir. Let's go to Sfira Sa'imir, okay? Now, this is going to be a bit tricky. I'll tell you why it's going to be a bit tricky. Because what we have done over these classes, this is our 11th class, I believe, is we go through each of the seven meters twice. How do we go through each of the seven meters twice? The first way we go through each of the seven midas is that the second word, which is the key word, is an action. The act of kindness, the act of exactitude, the act of compassion. And the first word is the emotion that motivates it. And the second way we went through all the seven midas is that we're talking about two emotions. That the second word, is the, is, which is the primary word, is an emotion, which is qualified by the first word. And the way I explained it to you was... The difference between the first model and the second model is that in the first model you see the ikir, you see the action. And the emotion which is a motivating, that action is hidden. And in the second way it's faket. The primary emotion which is the second word is covered. And what you see is the secondary emotion which is an expression of the primary emotion. But since by Malchus we have a built-in question, is Malchus an action or is Malchus an emotion? So you have to do it four times, not twice. In other words, if you are going to say that Malchus is a deed, what is the deed of Malchus? Is the deed of Malchus simply a pu'ula? Or is the deed of Malchus a pu'ula of Reimimus? In other words, when you say the word Malchus, do you mean thought, speech, and action? Or do you mean an action of being above other people? So let's see if we can do this. I don't know if I can pull this off, but let's see if we can do this, okay? We're going to start off with defining Malchus as an act, a behavior. But not stam as any kind of a behavior, but a behavior that has to do with Reimimus. An act that has to do with distance. Okay? So how would you describe an act that has to do with distance? How would you describe an act that has to do with distance? What would be an action that one person does for another person, but the design of the action is to create a distance between themselves and another person, as opposed to a closeness between themselves and another person? You can think of a thousand examples. Um, Think about parenting. right? Parents love their kids, Right? Parents love their kids, parents embrace their kids, parents are very close to their children, but one of the things the parents need to do to their children is educate them and make them grow up. And sometimes in educating and in making your children grow up, you create distance. You have to create uh, parameters. You create, there's a good word, borders is the word I'm looking for. You create distance, right? Everybody understands that anytime you have a system that has no limits whatsoever, um, it's not sustainable. In every relationship, there has to be barriers. There has to be limits, right? To give you an example, I don't know if this works in your home, but maybe it works in your home. Some parents have a policy that children cannot sleep in their parents' bed. 
I'm giving you a dumb example. Some parents have a policy that meal time has to be fixed. And if a kid doesn't come on time for the meals, they don't get to eat. That sounds a bit cruel, right? There's all kinds of, some parents have a policy that children have to, whatever they need to do, all kinds of limits that parents set. Those limits are the opposite of love. But those limits create a relationship. In other words, for a relationship to be healthy, there has to be limits. And the same is true with teachers and students, right? Everybody knows this. I've told this to you in the past. This is an admission of mine, which is one of the most revealing experiences of my adult life. When I started as a mashpi, I started like any mashpi has starts out, hoping to be my students' best friends. Years later, I met a, a student from my first year. He says, Rabbi, you were a very, very nice guy, but you didn't teach us anything. And I said, whoa. <laughs> it was such a profound lesson. And, and I knew exactly what he was saying. Because I didn't, I wasn't a teacher. I wasn't a teacher. And to be a teacher, there has to be certain borders, there has to be certain parameters. You're not your students' friends. So we're going to use these different examples of borders as the pu'ula of malchus. The act of malchus means any time, in any relationship, you create borders, parameters, limits, that will be the maisa of malchus. And you can think of it in every situation. An employer and an employee... Right? Every relationship, parents and children, children and parents, any relationship you're going to think of is going to have to have some kind of borders. We're going to call those borders the mice of Reimimus. Because I love you, I don't let you. Because I love you, this is the limit. And everybody has their own definitions. But these borders create the basis for the relationship. So now let's talk through all seven midas. What would be Chesed Sheba Malchus in the first model? Chesed Sheba Malchus in the first model would mean that in order to have an act, uh, the basis, the source of the act of distance between parent and child, or child and parent, or teacher and student, or and anybody else, it's based on Ahava. Because you love that person, you create those barriers, you create those borders. Because when you don't have borders, it all collapses, right? Right. I, I was once a parent, now I'm a grandparent, Baruch Hashem, and I see my children with their own babies. It's interesting to watch. When they're very, very little, there's very, very few barriers, but as they get a little bit bigger, you start to realize that there has to be limits in every relationship, right? The, 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 the Sicha from the Rebbe, which is based on the Gemara, when it comes to the Yetzirah, when it comes to your children, when it comes to your spouse, if the relationship is going to work, first of all, you have to have Shmel Deich. And Shmel Deich doesn't mean I'm mean. Shmel Deich means you set walls, limits, barriers, parameters. Those parameters, when you have a very deep relationship, deep relationships are supposed to last a very long time. For a relationship to last a very, very long time, it has to be sustainable. It has to be able to last a long time. If you have a relationship with no limits, it will destroy itself. So the Gemara says, the closest relationships you have, your own Yetzirah, your own children, and your own spouse, Shmuel Deicha is before Yemin Makarevis. So we're going to call the Shmuel Deicha the Pu'ula of Malchus. Why is it a Pu'ula of Malchus? Because Malchus means Reimimus, Malchus means distance. We're not talking about the emotional feel of being distant. We're talking about doing distance. Doing distance. 
Okay? So what would be chesed shebamalchos? Chesed shebamalchos mean a parameter, a border which comes from love. Because a parent loves his child, he creates a border. Why? Because it's good for the child to know responsibility. It's good for the child to understand cues, to understand what's right and what's wrong and what's appropriate and what's inappropriate, what's the right time and what's the wrong time, the right place, the wrong place. So what would be Gvura Shabamalchus? What would be Gvura Shabamalchus? Gvura Shabamalchus means that a person who sets borders based on the emotion of critical judgment. That's what Midas HaGvura is. Midas HaGvura feels the need for limits. Midas HaGvura feels that if you don't have limits, you're hurting the other person. In other words, Midas HaGvura means emes. Midas HaChesed means I love you. And Vaket, it's a Midas of Kiro. Midas means I love you. But because I love you, I know that for you it's necessary to have these borders. Midas HaGvura a little bit deeper. Midas HaGvura doesn't only say because I love you, you have to have these borders. Midas HaGvura says the truth requires these borders. The feeling associated with Midas HaGvura is... You, you, you feel the situation in a judging way, in a precise way, in an exact way. And the emotion of Gavuda says that if you don't have these limits, this thing is going to collapse. It's not only love, it's a certain meat of emes. means you feel your child, you feel the other person. You actually feel what the other person feels. And the other person feels that they want something which is not good for them. And Midas HaRachamim says that you feel that person wants something. And if you may use these words, they know themselves that it's not good, that there should be no borders and parameters. So you set the parameters. So Tefedes Shebemalchus would mean that you feel your child, and your child wants to sit in your lap a whole day, and you also feel that your child knows that it's not good for him to sit in your lap a whole day. No, but then the child, it's easier. So you have Rachmonis on your child, and you don't let him. I'm just giving you examples. And the same is true not just in parents and children, it's true in teachers and students, it's true in every relationship you want. A boss, an employee, an employer. Yeah, you hire your children to work for you, so you love them, yeah. But there has to be a work environment, there has to be rules. So tefedes, Shabbat means that you feel the other person, and based on your feeling the other person, you say to this other person, I'm not going to let you. You're going to create a border, create a parameter. So what would be Netzach Sheba Malchus? We want to go on this model. Netzach Sheba Malchus. Huh? Netzach Sheba Malchus would mean where you create a border between yourself and somebody else. Not because you feel the need for the border, but because you know it's right. What's Midas HaNetzach? Midas HaNetzach is a lower kind of emotion, right? That's what Midas HaNetzach is. It's an emotion where I'm not feeling you, I'm not feeling your situation. I'm just determined to create a certain situation. Whereas Midas HaNetzach doesn't feel why it's necessary to have borders. Midas HaNetzach knows there needs to be a border. Midas HaNetzach fights to sustain it or to create it, is determined to make it. So Netzach Shabamalchus, if we go in the model that we're now establishing, Netzach Shabamalchus would mean that the act of creating distance between Aleph and Beis, between one and the other, is being motivated by determination. I'm determined to keep this wall up. I don't feel like I want to keep the wall up. I'm not in the mood of keeping the wall up, but the wall needs to stay up for the relationship to be healthy. It's called Netzach Shabamalchus. And Hoyit Shabamalchus, again, going in the same line, in the same spirit, Hoyit Shabamalchus means that you need to create a distance between you and somebody else, whatever that relationship is, 
and you do it with Akshanas. Sometimes you're in the mood of having a border. Sometimes you're not in the mood of having a border. Sometimes you don't want a border. Sometimes you want to break the borders. But the right thing to do is have the border. So Hoyichab Malchus says, I am going to be an action. I'm going to insist on holding on to the border no matter if Allah As much as I want to do something different. And of course, Yisoyich of Amalchus, which is always the most difficult one to explain, as you have probably noticed, Yisoyich of Amalchus means you have to create a border between yourself and somebody else. And there's no appreciation, there's no, there's no feeling at this moment of why it's good to have a border. You just know what's right. And you are feeling the border itself. You are drawing strength. In other words, it's not an emotion of fighting. It's not an emotion of being stubborn. It's an emotion of holding on, to, you're drawing strength from the border itself. You feel the border, you feel that there is a wall between you and that other person, and you draw strength from that wall to hold on to the wall. Meaning to say, in your heart of hearts, there's a part of you that once understood why this is a good thing. But you're now not in tune to the why. You don't remember or you're, at least you're not paying attention to intellectually why it's a good thing, or emotionally why it's the right thing. But you know it's right. And because you know it's right, you draw strength from the awareness that it's right to hold on to the border, not with a fight, not with a stubbornness, but simply holding on to the border. And of course the, the complication here is that midas hayesayid is an emotion. Right? Several of you asked me, isn't midas hayesayid Kabbalah sale? The answer is no. Because midas hayesayid is a feeling. It's a feeling, Kabbalistically, it's a mixture of Netzach and Hoy, just like Teferes Rachamim is a mixture of Chesed and Gvura. He said it's a mixture of, it's a mixture of a fight and a stubbornness. The emotion of Midas HaYesoyed is I feel the, the wall. I feel the wall itself. I feel the separation between the other person and I have an emotional strength that comes from the field to sustain that wall, even though I don't know why. Now, According to this model, what would be Malchus Rebbe Malchus? If the first Taich of Malchus is, I'm putting up an actual border. We're talking about a pu'ula of Malchus, between myself and another person. So if Malchus Rebbe Malchus means I'm putting up an actual border between somebody else, Malchus Rebbe Malchus means the motivation for putting up this actual border is the feeling of distance. That when I'm able to emotionally separate myself from my relationship with my child, or my parent, or my sibling, or my student, or my teacher, or my whatever, when I'm able to emotionally draw, I see the need for the border, so I hold on to it. Or alternatively, what will be malchus? malchus. There's no feeling. It's simply the, the action of holding on to the border. And I guess malchus malchus you would, would be a muscle for the idea of Kabbalah Seel. Kabbalah sale means I'm doing something with zero emotion. And I'm doing something with zero emotion because you told me. And you means the Ebishter. And the motivation for Kabbalah sale is the capacity of a person to accept. I'm able to accept the yoke of heaven. I'm able to accept the yoke of heaven for no reason other than to accept. There's no feeling whatsoever. So I just went through Chesed, Gevur, Teferes, Nezach, Yisait, Malchus. Assuming that Malchus is a pu'ula, but it's a pool of Reimimus. It's an act of separation. Now we're going to repeat the second time the same thing. Now remember, we're doing Malchus four times, okay? We're going to say a second time the same thing, but now we're going to translate the second word, the second word, which is the key word, as any kind of an act. Right? Because in the second model, Malchus simply means Levushim. 
It's not the regesh, it's not the emotion of Reimamus. It's any kind of action, any kind of pu'ula a person could do in thought, speech, and deed, which is motivated by a certain regesh. So I could be giving tzedakah, I could be davening and helping another person, yeah? That's malchus, I'm doing something. Thought, speech, and deed. So chesed shabba malchus would mean I'm doing what I'm doing because of ahava. Gvuda shabba malchus means I'm doing what I'm doing because of a feeling of midas emes. Tiferes Shabbat Malchus means I'm doing what I'm doing because I feel a connection to the thing or to the person with whom I'm involved. Yeah? Netzach Shabbat Malchus means that I am motivated to do what I'm doing because I'm determined, because I have a fight in me. Hoyot Shabbat Malchus means I'm motivated to do what I'm doing because I have a regish of stubbornness which motivates that action. Any kind of action doesn't make a difference what kind. Yusei Shabbat Malchus means that I'm doing a certain act and the emotion which is motivating that act is a feeling of connection to the act itself. Again, the principle is the same. Why and what I forgot. I just know that this is right. And there's an emotion that's pushing me to do what's right. That's called Yisrael. And Malchus of Malchus means I am doing an act motivated by an emotional sense of distance between myself and the act that I'm doing. Now, we just did Malchus twice. But in both ways, we did Malchus. Malchus was a pu'ula. What was the difference between the first set of seven and the second set of seven? The first set of seven, Malchus was a pool of, of separation. In the second set of seven, Malchus is any kind of a pool. Tomorrow, tonight, we're going to go Malchus again, and we'll do it two more times. But the two more times we're going to do tonight is how Malchus is a feeling of Reimamus. A feeling of distance. In the Lashon Harav, Okafisha is Ba'ilakama. But there's one thing that I want to say. And the truth of the matter is, as we're going through this journey, it's a bit uncomfortable for myself. You know, we're doing the Midas, but we're not following the prescription of my mother. You know why? Because whenever my mother talks about the Siddhas of Malchus, and no Maimir does what we're doing, no Maimir goes through 49 Midas twice. You know, that's what we did. Yeah? My mother give you clothing. But they always speak about your relationship with the Abishtah. And I almost always speak about your relationship with another person. They're not a steeder, because Bidid Hamidis is also about Ben Adam Lachavere, yeah? But in Chsidis, all of the Midas that we have done for the last week and a half, in Chsidis it's brought in your relationship with the Abishtah. Avas Hashem, Yiddish Hashem. Rachamim and Simcha relationship with Hashem and so on and so forth. So how would you explain Malchus in your relationship with the Ebishter? In other words, the Malchus you spoke about now, that Malchus is being defined by an action. But in the first of the two models of an action that we're describing, Malchus, Malchus is the act of distance. The act of being separate, yeah? What's the touch you want to be separate from the Ebishter? What's the pshat that in your relationship with the Ebishter you want to have a separation? In other words, I love Hashem and therefore between me and Him there's a wall, there's a distance. How does that make sense? I fear Hashem and therefore between me and Him there's a distance. I have a feeling of Rachamim, really, in my relationship with the Ebishter and therefore there's a distance. I fight with myself to do the right thing and therefore in my relationship with the Ebishter there's a distance. I'm stubborn vis-a-vis me so that in my relationship with the Ebishter has a distance. And so on, you say it and so on, what's the Tedet? Huh? I'll give you a posh to a posh to illustrations. But I'm trying to find ACS. 
I really should have done this by each one of the seven mitzvahs. And usually I would spend like about two seconds at the end of each class saying, oh, by the way, this is how God fits into this picture. If you listen to the classes, you'll see I tried. There's a chazal, which is very, very important. That the chazal say, man demach vebemcheg kodemalke klumis lechaye. It's brought to Chesidus, yeah? Man demach vebemcheg means you move your eyes. Make the slightest motion. You know, like you have an inchot shmenesrei, that when you dive in the now that I move your hands, now that I move your fingers, now that I move, you can't even move your eyes. You're talking to the Ebesht. And the Chazal say that if you're in the presence of a king and you're mach v'bemcheg and you start moving and doing what you want, even if it's a slight, you know, you wink to the next guy with your eyes, you chayv mise. In the presence of the king, there's nobody but the Melech. So Chesidus has to push the kasha. We believe that Eneid Movadeh. We believe that Leisasar Ponimine. Ayyubish is everywhere. So the Shaila becomes if a person is always in the presence of the king, how does he move a muscle ever? Right? And I'll give you a dugme that the Rebbe said by Fabrengen once. That the, the Rebbe was sitting after Tafshin Yud, after the Firik Rebbe says, by a Fabrengen. <coughs> the Rebbe suddenly says, Look at us, we're sitting here and talking and Fabrengen. How could we sit here and talk in Fabrengen? The Rebbe the Shver is sitting with us. This was the cash. And since the Friedrich Rebbe, the Rebbe, the Shver, are sitting with us, we should be sitting by aim of a fachad. So the Rebbe answered his own questions. That before Yud Shvat, before the Gash Mizdeke Estalkos, they had in 770 an intercom. And sometimes downstairs there would be a Fabrengen, and the Friedrich Rebbe would turn on the intercom and listen to what was going on in show. Now I'll bet that the only time the Friedrich Rebbe put on the intercom was when the person downstairs speaking <laughs> was his younger son-in-law. The Fidikim didn't have what to do. The Fidikim used to listen to the Fabrengans downstairs, to the speeches downstairs. I'm willing to bet that he did that when the Rebbe spoke. So the Rebbe says the Fidikim could have come downstairs. And he didn't come downstairs because he knew if he would come downstairs, we wouldn't speak. And he wanted us to speak. So the Rebbe himself is saying that I'm in the room. But I'm in the room in such a way that now you have to speak. And the same is true in Avoida. The idea of man the mach for b'mchei called the malkes b'shasat tefillah b'shasan davenin. It's not a whole day. B'shasan davenin, you have to behave ka'av the kamimara. But before davening, you're standing in front of the eibishter. After davening, you're standing in front of the eibishter. So why can you do whatever you want? And of course, by yahid, there's no such thing as whatever you want. It's just imizokt. In remember in cap attention. At ease, right? We never knew what at ease meant. At ease means relax. <laughs> That's what it means. If you're standing in front of a king, you should be always in tension. And the Tarot says, the Abishtad wants that now we should not stand in front of him like as if he's been Gashmis in front of us. Why? So obviously the simple answer is because we have things that we need to do. Correct? There's a lot of things we need to do. Not everything a person does, you can call standing in front of the king. A person is cooking breakfast, or even eating breakfast. Doesn't do that in front of a melech. If the Abish says the melech malcham locham akadish baruch, and leis asar ponim inei, and ainid mavadin, he's always around. So when we're eating breakfast, he's also there. So he, but he's there in the kind of way that says to us, eskuzunterheit. But when you dive and stand like a mensch, and the stood stood him, yeah. Why is it that sometimes you're standing in front of a king and then you're told don't move a muscle, and other times you're told relax, you're not in front of the king, even though the same king is here the whole time. And the tenets is for two reasons. The simple tenets is because you have things to do that are not 
the kinds of things you do in front of a Melech. So he gives you time when he's not around. And the deeper tendency is, if you had to stand in front of the Abish the 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, your whole life, you would never stand in front of the king. In other words, why is Shmanesa special? Because Shmanesa is 3 times a day. The Abish that is distant from us, and in the context of this Shmuas, that means... He's not saying to a yid, stand in front of me, Why? Because that's the only way we could have Shmenesre Bechlal. So the distance, the idea that sometimes the Ebesh is closer to us. Like I said, it's Yimei Tshuva Bechlal, the Bifrat. And there are times the Ebesh that, even though he's always everywhere, is more hidden from us, so that we can act in a more relaxed way, is not only because we have things to do in a relaxed state, it's because this is the only way there could be a Rebimus. You cannot be in the Rebbe's Dalaramas 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, unless you're yourself a Rebbe. You know, the Rebbe could stand in front of the Friedrich Rebbe, he can eat breakfast with him, he can help the Friedrich Rebbe with his Gashmim, and it's Rebbe. A regular person is around the Rebbe 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, he cannot sustain the kind of Hadassah you have to have in those Dalaramas, so which suffers. You no, know, the famous Vartat that they used to say that three cannot be a chosid. Three people cannot be a chosid. A Yiddishalmi, that's push it, a genetic thing. A Shamish, a Gabai, and a Korov, for the obvious reasons. When you have too much closeness, it takes away the Hadassah It takes away the Yiddishalmi. So the Abishta says, I'm distant sometimes. By being distant sometimes, at those times, there is the Midas HaMalucha. There's a feeling of the Abishta above me. So when you want to say Malchus klape de meibishten and Malchus klape meibishten is a sense of distance between self and the eibishten, but not a sense of distance between you and the eibishten that chatzosham the eibishten isn't there, a sense of distance between you and the eibishten because you're a person and he's the eibishten. That distance creates your relationship between you and the eibishten. And there's Chesed Shabbat Malchus, which means that this, this distance is motivated by Ava. There's Yiddish Shabbat Malchus, which means that this, this Gvura Shabbat Malchus, which means that this distance is motivated by Gvura, and so on, all the other means. So, Belinenda, tonight we're going to go over Malchus again. But this, tonight, we're going to do how Malchus is an emotion. The feeling of Malchus. Uh, here you have it also twice. Why do you have it twice? Because... Because we are explaining Malchus in two ways. The first way we're explaining Malchus is that Malchus is the emotion of distance. The second way we're explaining Malchus is that Malchus is a pu'ula. And we have to figure out how to explain both of those. Okay, and by the way, when I'm finished with all the seven midas, there's, it's not the last year. There's more to talk about, Mr. Shem. you mentioned about people who are close to the other. They're not as much of a... It's much person. harder. It's much harder. Then, well, you know the mind of somebody who asked uh, one of the Maskirim, how can you... So, you know, such a chassid, if you're so, mm-hmm. you know, you see the Rebbe's portion as the Bosom What? I heard that. He answered that the more close you are, the more of a nothing you see yourself make. Because the more you see how what a Rebbe is. I have to be honest with you, I never heard this word. And what I really want to know was who said it. Which chassid? I think it was. Chonya Marozev, it no, sounds no, like. No, I'm talking about one of the maskir. Oh, the Rebbe's maskir. Somebody asked one of the Rebbe's masquer, and like, if you're so close to your concept with the Rebbe, you, you probably see the Rebbe as more of a bus of a dumb than a Rebbe, because you're constantly involved in his physical affairs. Right. 
So you said the more you, the more close, the more you're with it, the more of nothing you, you know, the more. I, I know it's those are words. I've heartened by them. I, I remember Itcha Groner, Harav Yitzchak Groner from Australia, all of a shalom, was a good friend of his brothers. Was once sitting at a shalom zach. I asked me, "Hashem brachas, we mechutanim." He says, "Label." He mentioned this word that I just told you. The dry kenish and achosid, and he laughed and said, "Mizan and aldai, the groners are yirushalmim, the groners are kravim, they're shneirsons, the menuchar achosid eklach, and the groner was a maskid." So he says, "Label saya yirushalmi, saya kodav, and saya maskid." Over the achosid, that was his line. Over the achosid. I think I think yeah. it was Yorokovsky. Yeah. You, you, you watch more uh, I'd like to have confirmation with this, but there was a I heard from Mendel Marazov all of a shalom. Who was our Mashpia and used to Fabrain? That his father was Chonya. Chonya Marazov. And Chonya uh, Marazov was from the first Tmirim. Chonya Marazov was very aggressive. Chonya Marazov was older than the Friedrich Rebbe. He's a giant, a giant of a Chosset. Bemis, a Gora Hibnerid. And a Moydendike Moyach. So Chonya was a Talmud in Chopimim. Then he got married. And the Rebbe Rashab called him back to Lubavitch. Maybe he was living away from Lubavitch. And the Rebbe Rashab told him, I need you to be my masker. So he's told the Rebbe Rashab that a masker cannot be a makusha. And he started to cry. So the Rebbe Rashab said to him, Ich weiß. And the both of them cried together. That Chonya was crying and the Rebbe was crying. Chonya was crying because being a masky would interfere with his kashas, and the Rebbe Rashab was crying because he understood that his being a masky interferes with his kashas, but he needed him to be a masky. And then the Rebbe Rashab told Chonya a number of things. First of all, he told him he's going to pay him his salary. And then he told him that you have an open door by me. Anytime you want, you can come into my room and ask any question, and I will answer you understand what that means? You can ask the Rebbe any question and the Rebbe's going to answer. That's like, wow! And this was part of his reward for being the Rebbe's secretary. Chonyer served the Rebbe Nishma Seydin probably close to 20 years. I mean, I don't know exactly when he got married and when he was hired as a masked, but for a very, it wasn't for five years. It was a very long time. He was the Rebbe's masked in the good years in Lubavitch, way before the stove. So Chonyer said, that hundreds of times or dozens of times or scores of times he prepared questions. Questions. He had an open door. He can ask the Rebbe anything he wants. He can ask the Rebbe Kabbalah, he can ask the Rebbe Halach, he can ask the Rebbe Minig, he can ask the Rebbe Mashiach is coming. And each time he got cold feet. He never asked the Rebbe Rashab one single question. And he added that during this time they had Chazor in Lubavitch and who was the head of the Chazorim? The Bachim is going for Chazorah, yeah, but when with the Mashpia, who was the Mashpia? Reb Shilam. Reb Shilam used to remember the Maimah like a tape recorder. Reb Shilam. And Reb Shilam and the Rebbe Rashab used to have whole conversations, like two friends talking and learning. With Radurkirat and the Maimah. And Chonyu would stand there and salivate. I'm a masker. I'm by the Rebbe all the time, and I can ask him one question. And look at Rabbi Shilam, he's pushed for bringing with the Rebbe in my Mercedes. And he never could ask a single question. Yeah. And the end of the story was that when the Rebbe Rashad passed away, he left. And the Friedrich Rebbe called him. 
And the Fidei Kebbe told him, I need you to work for me like you worked for my father. And Echonius sort of indicated to the Fidei Kebbe that he's not a Chosid, at least not he's a Chosid yet. He was older than the Fidei Kebbe, he was the Fidei Kebbe's Chavrusa. And the Fidei Kebbe said, you have to work for me. So Echonius, he worked for the Fidei Kebbe, and for a long time, when he would write letters for the Fidei Kebbe, he would refer to the Fidei Kebbe as Ben Rabbeinu. He didn't write Admor, Ben Rabbeinu. And Chassidim hated him for it. Chodye. Through the rest. He was killed by the Nazis, no? Huh? He was killed by the Nazis? No. Oh, by Stalin. Yemach Shemei Vizachrei. And there's only one picture of him out there. Of Chodye? Uh, only one picture? You mean? No. He, when, when he was young. When he, when he, Chodye? It was a very big chassid of a very different time. Wow, we. Because now, now we look at the Moskir, you know, like, even like Lebo Grona, like he was one on one with the Rebbe. It's awesome, and you're Zayde, it's Nishka Pasha Tazach. And the truth is, I remember, I mean, I was not around, but I remember when I became, got married, so we went into the Rebbe to get a Siddur. And Lebo put on his gartel and he knocked on the door. He did that ten times a day. And I saw I saw him get ready to go into the Rebbe. It wasn't Pashat. He didn't just walk in. He stopped. He thought. He breathed. And he knocked. And the Rebbe said loud, Arayim! Arayim! So he walked in. And we stayed outside. And a few seconds later, the Rebbe came out with his hat and his... He said, it took and his gun for Mincha. 